Felicia Harris. I am the principal owner of Everything HR Financial Services and Everything HR Talent Development Institute. I will be your host today. Now, this podcast is for business owners. You already know that owning a business is complex. Whether you have one employee or 10,000 employees, it can be difficult keeping it all together. And that's where everything HR comes in. We do one thing, HR. Whether you do business in your home state or across the United States, you'll be able to call into this podcast and get best practices from HR professionals and from other business owners concerning things that keep you up at night. So, if you have a question during this particular podcast, all you can do, you can do two things. Number one, you can call in by dialing 929-477-1199, or you can email us your questions at support at everythinghrfs.net. That's support at everythinghrfs, as in Frank, S as in Sam, Now, today we have the honor of having Kim Schott of Schott Cultural Consulting to be our guest speaker. And Kim, I'm going to turn it over to you to tell us a little bit about yourself as well as Schott Cultural Consulting. Uh, Thank you so much, Felicia. Good morning, everyone. As Felicia mentioned, my name is Kim Schott. I own a marketing firm in Troy, Michigan, that's in southeastern Michigan, and we help businesses get found online through a beautiful website design, social media marketing, Google advertising, email marketing, text message marketing as well, and we're able to do that by successfully building strategic business and marketing plans that are written in different languages. So we began our our firm about 13 years ago, and during that time, we worked with foreign professionals that were uh, interested in purchasing commercial property or a business here in the U.S., and they needed a business and marketing plan to help them understand the nuances of uh, consumers here in the U.S. We were also working with American-based companies that were trying to buy a uh, a business overseas. And again, we would write those marketing plans in different languages, and we would help them understand the business nuances within that country. So 13 years later, we're still designing our marketing and business strategies in English, Chinese, and Spanish, and I'm able to do it all successfully because I am proud of every single team member that I have that is client passionate about getting the word out about products and services that resonate with different cultures, that resonate with different genders, different generations, and help improve the quality of people's lives. So thanks again, Felicia, for allowing me to be on this podcast today. Awesome. Now, today we're going to be talking about three simple steps to turn your employees into brand ambassadors. So, Kim, walk us through this process. What is in having shop cultural consulting? What is the best way to do this? It starts with 
having employees that understand what an employee brand ambassador is. So, so let's just start at a basic level of what an employee brand ambassador is within your company. An employee brand ambassador is simply an employee of your company that's been asked to represent your corporate brand in a positive light. And by doing so, they help to increase brand awareness and, of course, sales. They're really meant to embody your corporate identity in appearance, in demeanor, value, and ethics. So, so here's an example, Felicia, of an employee brand ambassador, whether it's a conversation on the baseball field or just simply dinner with friends. We all talk about the companies we work for and the products and services they provide. And that collective word of mouth has a significant impact on the reputations and the bottom lines of companies of all sizes. What's really changed over the years, Felicia, is that technology has now given everyone the power to communicate to hundreds, if not thousands of people, not just locally, but globally. And so today, you don't need to have the deep pockets of uh, Tim Turner to, to create your own broadcast media network. You simply need a social media account. And Felicia, surprisingly, companies often overlook the role employees can play in influencing the customers they're trying to reach. So for a moment, let's just pause and put yourself in the shoes of a potential customer. If you want to know more about a company's products and services, who would you trust? An anonymous online reviewer? An online influencer? Or how about just a friend or a neighbor who works at that company? Or maybe it's a friend of a friend or neighbor who works at that company. Put simply, when your employees speak, their social media networks are listening. So your employees know the business better than anyone, and they can be a strong asset in helping generate brand awareness and consideration of your products and services. So if you give them the right structure, the right support, and you encourage them to speak about your company, and also write within your business model the need for good quality referrals, then your employees can be one of your most valuable marketing resources. Does that make sense, Felicia? It absolutely does make sense. And I just want to add a little bit of a caveat in here. Obviously, being an HR company, we're all about the policies and procedures. So most every company has a social media policy for their employees. And I think that's where, as a business owner, if you don't have one, you need to develop one so that your employees know what they can and cannot say on behalf of the company because we want to make sure that we remain open to not shutting off a potential customer or a prospect based on what our views may or may not be on certain things. So make sure that your employees know when they're sharing their information on social media that they're able to share something that your policy will allow them to share um, on your behalf. We know that as business owners, and their personal accounts, they can do whatever they want to do. We have no restrictions or anything on that. But when it comes to the representation of the company, that's where you as the business owner 
need to make sure you relay that policy, number one, and number two, relate to them your culture. Lay to them your products and services and how you want them to portray your products and your services to represent your brand. That's excellent. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and having that, that awareness and those policies, Felicia, not just guide your uh, sales staff, but every single member of your team should be clear about what those policies are so that they can be on the lookout for quality conversations in, in just your local community about what your business does, what your vision and mission of your business is, so that they can continue to be a mouthpiece for your brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And more importantly, being a brand ambassador, knowing who your competitors are. You don't want your employee representing your competitor and promoting your, your competitor you want them actually representing your brand and putting your company out because there are some companies that would call it, you know, you eat your own dog food. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you, don't, you don't go and know that your company has a product and then you go out and you promote your competitor. Well, that doesn't add value to the company or to you, the employee. So knowing what your brand is, knowing what your company's capabilities are, knowing that if you're taking pride in where you're working at and where you are a part of, then obviously that's something that you want to be able to promote. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and understanding it, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about how a vision and mission statement play a role in brand absolutely. awareness. Is that okay? That is definitely okay. Okay. So whether you're doing business locally here in the U.S. or abroad, your vision and mission statement is going to clearly communicate to your employees the cultural nuances of the region. And, and really, again, to put it simply, your company vision tells your employees who we are in that region. So your vision might differ if you have different locations, multiple locations, a location here in the U.S. or a location in Asia. Your company vision tells your employees who we are in that region. Now, where a company mission tells your employees what we do in that region. So, again, your mission may change if you have multiple locations. But your vision tells your employees who we are. Your mission tells your employees what we do. And it is region-specific. So if you ask your employees to tell you the vision and mission of the company in that region, chances are they would have a different message depending on where your office is located. Therefore, I would make sure your employees just simply understand the value that you're providing to your customers in two sentences or less. Really, this message should be consistently reinforced in communication from senior leadership and managers first, so employees can clearly share it to their networks. You see, it's important that everyone is speaking from the same page when it comes to who we are and what we do, and that becomes critical when you have a global company with multiple locations. So when I started my company, I ended up having to develop clear vision and mission statements as we started expanding in different areas in the U.S. and different areas uh, globally.
about who we are and what we do and the difference that we're making in the quality of people's lives. And I didn't just expect the sales team or, or the senior leadership to be able to communicate this. The receptionist had to communicate Absolutely. it. And every single team member, my web designers have to communicate it. My database programmers have to communicate it. My project managers know the vision and mission statement because my project managers, my web designers, even the people who will never see a customer because they're focused on technology know our vision and mission statement because I consider every single team member a brand ambassador. So when they leave their office, when they go home for the day, they know who we are and what we do. So when they're having conversations within their own sphere of influence, meaning they're talking to their friends, they're talking to their family and their other colleagues, they know exactly what it is that is relevant, irresistible, and compelling about my company, and they can share that in a way that people understand it because they know how to share it in two sentences or less. Every single one of my team members know in one sentence that we help businesses get found online, period. That's what we do, and everyone knows how to communicate that clearly. Felicia, I'm sure you have similar stories. I do, and, and I think the thing that I would like to stress out of what you just stated was that it's short. I mean, we've all seen those mission and vision statements that is like a book. <laughs> we right. cannot expect an employee to memorize that and be able to relay that to someone else. So it's very imperative that you make that as short as possible. I've seen some say, break it down into five words. And, and as you yeah. stated, two sentences, just so that it's something that's manageable and that it's very quick for them to relate to their audience, to their sphere of influence, to those that are around them, that they can relay that to your customer base as well as your prospects. And that's something that you want to it becomes a part of them. When you make it short, it becomes a part of them. I agree with you. And, and it also becomes part of our performance evaluation, our annual performance evaluation with our teams. Part of their performance evaluation is can they clearly articulate what the vision and mission is in that region. Exactly. And, and what, what contributions that they can make. I mean, on Friday is Employee Appreciation Day. And so... One of the wonderful things about that, we as employers, we get to, to talk about, okay, it's Employee Appreciation Day. Yes, they are a valuable part of us getting our products and service out to market, but do they realize how valuable they are? Mm -hmm. and, and it's a good time to stop and, and let them know you appreciate them, but we need to also, some individuals need to be encouraged and know the part that they play in your company and the role that they play within your company. Because if they're disconnected, those are going to be the ones that are going to be considered to be the outsiders. Okay? And if you don't bring them back in, and Kim and I had a conversation earlier before the show about not making sure no one is left behind, bringing them into the fold, sometimes if it doesn't work and they don't stick, then you know that's not a great fit. And we've talked about this in prior shows. If it's not a good fit, 
It's not a good fit for the company. It's not a good fit for that person either. But when you find someone, it is a good fit, and it just takes a little hand-holding to bring them along to make them a part of the company. That's worth going back for. That's worth letting them know their value. No, I agree with you. I agree with you, Felicia. That's a good point you made, knowing what your value is. Can, can your employees tell you what their value is and what they contributed to the company? During our uh, annual reviews for our staff, they should be expected to share with you in, in clear terms what did they do to improve the quality of their own life, their department's life, their community's life, and even their, the business marketplace's life. What are they doing to add value? Awesome. Awesome. The other thing that I would like to, to cover or discuss with you, what's the, one of the best ways that an employer, and, and let's look at, we have some audience members that are here. They're still U.S. within their own state. What's the best way for them to get their message out from a social media standpoint? Yeah, the best way to encourage employees is to share your product, your service, and your brand is, is really, first of all, you need to give them permission to do that. And, and it's common for employees to hesitate when sharing information about their employers, especially on social media, because they may be concerned that it could get them into employment trouble. For instance, when social media first became popular, many employers banned its use at work because it was a distraction. Many employers still ban it. And, but if you want your employees to post, to tweet, to Snapchat about your business, then you're going to need to relax those rules for a select group of employee brand ambassadors. And I really need to emphasize the words select group of employee brand ambassadors because this isn't going to necessarily be open to everybody because there's going to be training involved with this. And secondly, your HR, your human resources department need to provide the guidelines and training that this select group of employee brand ambassadors need so that you can, you can use them as an employee test market. So for example, issuing a social media policy of do's and don'ts will also help drive employee engagement. And test this out frequently on a select group of employees. Make sure those employees know what they can and can't share publicly, as well as how to properly refer to your company and your products. If there's a specific language they shouldn't use, be sure to let them know that. If there's a specific description that they should be using, train them on how to do that so that this select group, once they become fully trained, fully encouraged brand ambassadors, now they're responding to consumer questions, consumer concerns. They're talking to people on the football field, in the PTO meetings about your company and they're sharing more information about your company because you gave them permission and you gave them guidelines. They know how to respond. They're not concerned about their, their uh, career because you've, you've opened the doors 
to a select group of employees. Anything you want to add to that, Felicia? I do. And for those of you that are HR professionals that are joining us, too, we do. We are responsible for training the employees and relaying to them what the policy is. But before we even get to there, we have to create the policy. Oh, good. Yeah. And one of our employment law partners actually just tweeted there on LinkedIn about making sure that we update the policies and making sure that the policies are relevant for your company. If you do not have an internal counsel to assist you with that, and I always tell them, Yes, we're an HR company, but you know what? We're HR professionals. We are not employment law attorneys. And there's a very big difference between an employment law attorney and a business attorney. If you're dealing with employment law, you really need to go to an employment law attorney. And so we have those. If you're not familiar with any, we do have those. We have Littler, who did the program with us earlier in the month or last month. And we also have Morton Hauser. Um, to as well, James Reed, who just made the tweet there as well, is able to, they're able to assist you. That's what they're there for. That's what they do day in and day out. And it's all about protecting the business. You'll hear me every single show and every time that you talk to me, everything is about protecting and preserving what's in the best interest of the business. Because if you preserve the business, you're able to not only be able to provide for your family, but for the families of those that you also employ. And so I can't stress that end of it enough. When it comes to the development of the policies, making sure that the policies are relevant for your company as well as that they are applicable to the employment laws that we all have to abide by. That's that's good. And Felicia, you know, just out of curiosity, when you, when people are updating and editing their policies, is it is it updated and edited in an employee manual? Where do where do people put these policies so that they have something that that an employee can refer back to? Where does it go? For some employers that have an HRIS system, it would go up in their HRS where they keep all of their policies and procedures, um, as well as their handbook. They would find it inside of there. So. If they were accessing our Everything HRIS system, then there is a company documents area right in there where they would find their employee handbook as well as their policies and procedures. And I know we have some small business owners there on the line as well. And so I'm just going to give a brief, I guess, explanation between the difference between the employee handbook and the policies and procedures. Those are two different things. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for cleaning that up for everybody. Okay. Me. The policies and procedures, that's your secret sauce. That's the way you do things. Look at that that way. The employee handbook, that's something that you can use to portray your employee value proposition. And you can also use it. A lot of companies will begin to use that as a prospecting tool because it talks about your company and it gives what you expect of the employee and what the employee should expect of you. So it just gives them a brief guideline of that. But your policies and procedures, that's your secret sauce, the way that you do your and run your business and do things your way, not your competitor's way. So that's the, the Best way that I can explain it. That was excellent. Thank you. That cleared a lot up for me, too. I appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Okay. So, no. And then others may put it out in newsletters, their policies and procedures, and when they make changes. What I always highly recommend at every meeting, be it a department meeting or something, 
pick something. Pick some policy that you want to review. Pick something so that you're constantly putting something in front of the employees that's of importance to the business. That's interesting because uh, we recently reviewed our video policy on when we're, when we're posting videos, when we're using videos that represent the company here in the U.S. or even um, some of the contracts that we have overseas. We had to recently review what we expect a video to look like that includes our brand or includes someone wearing my logo on their shirt, on their hat. I want to make sure that the environment that I see my logo being videotaped in, it represents who we are and what we do for our customers for that matter. So, so there are some environments that I do not want to see my logo in and my, my employee brand ambassadors are very clear on that and there are others that I encourage them to take more video of where I do want to see my logo, my brand positioned in small video snippets. Have you ever touched on uh, video policies and procedures at all? Yeah, yeah. that's typically communicated in, inside of your social media policy as far as communication because you do want to be clear that we don't want to stifle an employee where we violate their First Amendment rights. Okay. Yeah. We want them to be able to freely express, express themselves as an individual, but we also want them to be able to express themselves as brand ambassadors for our company. And we have to be able to draw the line as, as you stated, I want my brand and my logo to be seen in this place, but not this place or yeah. this environment. Okay. When, and it's in that environment that's outside of the company, that's when you're expressing your personal views, and that is absolutely fine for you to do. But you cannot mix the, your personal views with the company's views. When you're displaying your company's logo, that's the company's views that you're expressing. But when you're expressing something that's outside of the company's values and culture and mission and vision, that's on you. That's you as an individual. Mm -hmm. That's that's good. That's very good. So, so far, we've taken our listeners down a path of what the first two steps are for employee brand ambassadors. You know, step number one is having a clear company vision and mission statement. Step number two, we discuss the best way to encourage employees to share your products and services, especially on social media. Step number three I want to talk about employee contests using branded content. Is that okay? Do you that mind is if I definitely okay? Okay. So for this last step, step number three, I want to talk about content because the content your company creates is the driving force behind what your employees will choose to share on social media and what they won't choose. So you must create compelling and relevant content that inspires employees to spread the word, and you also need to be clear on what that content is. So, so don't get me wrong here. Company news, articles, company articles, press releases, trust me, they're important. But for employees that are between the ages of 25 years of age and 40 years of age, research has found that infographics, 
short videos and behind-the-scenes looks at a company work even better to inspire employees to share. So when I talk about content, branded content, I'm not just simply talking about written content. I'm also talking about images like uh, infographics, videos, pictures, as well as written content, something that is short and to the point. And you must make it easy, real easy, for employees in this age bracket to share your company content. You know, for instance, your, your marketing department. And if you don't have a marketing department, then, then simply as the owner and leader of your organization, you should include sample posts, approved videos, branded infographics, um, sample tweets, sample Snapchats, and hashtags that your employees can use. And this will ensure your employees are sharing news that is timely and accurate. So encourage employees to follow, like, and share your company's social media updates. And you might even offer employee brand ambassadors the chance to contribute to your company's blog content. You see, when, when employees are in the public spotlight, it's more likely that they'll share your company blog content with their friends, their family, and their peers. Point out to your employees that while they're helping to promote the company blog, they're also working to build their own professional brands on social media sites such as LinkedIn. Now, when it comes to employee content competition, you really want to schedule this around a product or a service launch. For example, if you've got a product launch or other big news coming up, let your employee brand ambassadors help you create some buzz around it. If, you know, for a little extra encouragement, create a contest and reward the posting, the social media posting, that gets the most likes and shares. Um, if your employees enjoy what they do, then they can help you get the word out and spread the excitement of that new product or service launch to others. And the best part of all is that these activities could have an impact on awareness, definitely an impact on sales, most assuredly an impact on referrals. It also impacts employee or college intern recruiting without adding additional cost to your marketing budget. So think about an employee content competition. And again, the content that I'm referring to is image content, video content, as well as written content. You see, all of my employees have been trained to follow our company social media sites. They've been trained also to know how to look for a quality referral as they're sharing this content and to pre-qualify a quality referral to my company. But the fact that they've been trained to identify a referral, they've been trained to identify how to pre-qualify that referral, all comes back to 
employee policies and procedures as it relates to our brand. So anything you want to add to that? It is because actually, and I, I guess I want to say it this way, basically creating an employee brand or having employees be a brand ambassador, they basically have, be, have become your sales department. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Because what you talked about was stating that they knew how to identify a prospect and how to pre-qualify a prospect. Those are all things that your sales department would do. And when an employee take on your brand, that's what they become is an extension of your sales department. Yes. Yes. So they're not going out and if you sell widgets, they're not going out selling nuts and bolts because you sell widgets. Right. They're representing widgets. They're not saying, oh, go over here and buy this nut and bolt. No. They're representing you, your widgets. Right. Exactly. And so you want them to be able to be another extension of your sales department and know when to pre-qualify or identify, this is a great sell. I mean, I had someone that's going to be joining our team come in, and before I even made them an offer, extend to me about a business that could use our services. To me, I'm going like, oh, my God, she has automatically picked up on what it is that we do. Right. And that's, those are individuals you want to be a part of your team. Exactly. That should be the norm, Felicia. It should Not be. the exception. Every single one of my brand ambassadors have a requirement to give our company three referrals every quarter. Every quarter, that's one of their requirements. Three quality, qualified referrals. That is the norm in my in my company. It's not the exception. So I'm glad that you're seeing it firsthand as you're uh, bringing on employees. But I also talk to college interns about this as well, that no matter where they go in the future, that if they're looking for a marketing position or position in a, a larger company, they need to consider becoming a brand ambassador for that Absolutely. company. Absolutely, because they're, they're going to be involved with organizations or associations there that they're able to be those brand ambassadors and actually to highlight your company products and your company services. If they're not doing that, they have to rethink, do they want to be a part of that brand or do they want to be a part of that team? Because that's what builds an organization. It should not be just on, and I know a lot of that are on the call are small businesses, and so we're here basically being our brand and doing, we're used to doing everything. Mm -hmm. As a small business owner, we're jack of all trades. But once you start taking on employees, they have to be able to take some of that load with you. And this is one way that you can share that load by them becoming a brand ambassador and them becoming an extension of your sales team. Right, right. And if you don't mind, I'd like, I know we've talked about the positive aspects mm -hmm. of being a brand ambassador. But may I give you an example, and I'm not going to discuss the company's name, but can I give you an example of how a brand ambassador team helps you when there's negative publicity yes, about your company? Definitely. Because, so several years ago, there was a, uh, a pet food online distributor. So this was a pet food e-commerce company that was distributing food online, and unfortunately, some of the ingredients within that pet food were found to be contaminated. And the contaminated pet food 
ended up causing severe sickness within cats and dogs uh, to the point where they had to be hospitalized immediately with an emergency veteran, veterinarian clinic. The brand ambassadors for this company, they were, they were able to, to help stabilize this company because the leadership in this pet food company knew enough how to educate the employees about what the problem was, about how they are going to address and solve the problem, what they're going to be doing for the families who had sick dogs and cats that were currently being hospitalized, and what they're going to do in the future to protect families and their pets from this type of food contaminant that was clearly found. So again, when there's negative publicity, it still comes back to what's the company mission, what's the vision, and what are your policies when there's negativity, when there's been a health impact, whether it's human or pet. What do you do when there's negative PR with your company? How do your employees pull that around? Because otherwise, what do we tend to do as, as a culture? Well, we tend to magnify the negative, the negative PR. We, we listen to the news and we tend to negative or expand upon the negative publicity that the written or the local news is sharing about our company. And so, so now we're, we're sitting around the water cooler, we're sitting around the lunch table, and we're just amplifying the negativity. Not so with this company. This company nipped it in the bud and they said, look, we realize, we know what the contaminant is, we are, we are addressing this, this is how we're addressing it, and they were very compassionate about every single pet and every single family that was impacted by this, so much so that they, that they trained the employees, but they also gave the employees sample social media posts, the hashtags, and all of the examples of how to communicate what is going on. And then they allowed the brand ambassadors to go out there and communicate to the public online and communicate to the public no matter where they were, at their local grocery store, at their local parent-teacher conferences. They were communicating to the public what it is that that company was doing to solve the problem. And you know what happened? The, the company in their just their local community ended up being able to snap back and, and, and they were able to generate enough positive buzz on how to correct this problem in the future. Because food contamination, that just, just doesn't simply go away overnight. We are constantly being bombarded about the quality of our food, but they built in a policy on how to, to address their food practice, their food testing practices, so that their local city knew that this business in their city has things set in place so that they can continue to be an employment leader in that community and that they're not going away. They know how to address challenges, pitfalls, and uh, negative PR that was being even expanded on by their competition who is adding fuel to the fire. So I guess as employees, we can, when we have negative PR, we can either add fuel to the fire or we can be carrying a bucket of water. 
my employee brand ambassadors, and I'm going to challenge you to do that too with your own employee brand ambassadors, is teach your brand ambassadors to put down the bucket of fuel and instead to grab a bucket of water so that they Absolutely. can speak positively about your brand when the negative PR hits. Anything you want to add to that? There's so much you said in that because what it reminds me of no one really knows our true value when everything is going well. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't know what's in a person when everything is going well. It's when things go bad do you really get to see the true value and strength in an individual as well as in a company. So how you handle a thing in your challenges, do you sit there and expect it to just go away on its own and you you paralyze? If you as a, the business owner is paralyzed and as the corporation is paralyzed, then the employees are going to be paralyzed. But if you take charge and do something about it just like that company did and they rolled up their sleeves and they met the challenge, that takes them to a whole nother level in the community as well as in the eyes of the employees, as well as in the eyes of their customer base. And so it's, it's not always about the rights and the wrongs, we're always going to be challenged as a business, irregardless as to your size or irregardless how long you've been in business, you're always going to have challenges. But it's how you handle those challenges is going to determine your future. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Felicia. And so it's, it's very important that we do instill our, our brand, our mission, our vision into our employees. If they don't want to adopt that, that's a whole nother conversation. Okay. That we, that's another podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. But that is something that we have to be mindful of. Challenges are always going to come our way. Some of them are challenges that we cannot avoid. We didn't it wasn't our fault, but we still have to rise to the occasion. Right. Yeah, you really do, because your community that your business is employing people in, are, they're depending on you. Absolutely. They're depending you to turn the situation around. Because you as a small business owner, you as a, a mid-sized co company owner, you are employing future teenagers, future college students, and they want to see how you're handling this situation so that they have hope that when they come back from the, their college uh, experience, that they can seek your corporation for a job. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we have a couple questions in reference to, we've talked about the policies. Mm -hmm. One of the questions is how do we get information on the policies? If you're a new client coming on board with Everything HR, we give you a welcome kit. In that welcome kit, it tells you who the individuals are that will be working with your company. And we always try to assign an employment attorney there with you because, as I stated, we are not employment attorneys. We're HR professionals. And if it crosses that line where you need legal assistance, we have someone that we can connect you with. And we, if you have a business attorney, you want them involved, most of them will work with your business attorney. But and, and so from that standpoint, we're there, we can assist you with that. If you are in need of Kim's expertise, Kim, tell them how they get in touch with you. Yeah, the, the best thing that you could do is uh, you can easily follow me on LinkedIn. 
and you're, you're always welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn as Kim Schott. A lot of the, a lot of people, thanks to this podcast, has already started following me on LinkedIn. I thank you for that. My website is schottculturalconsulting.com. You can reach out to me that way. Uh, if you are on uh, Facebook or Twitter, just simply look for The Kim Schott. And you can connect with uh, with me that way. I'm also on Instagram as Kim Shot. Instagram, I use a lot of pictures to represent what is important to me, what's important to uh, things that are going on in my life. So less uh, less written content, more video and picture content on Instagram. But again, I, I am modeling behaviors on all my internet personas that my staff can also replicate. So reach out to me on LinkedIn on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, or on my website. I would be welcome. I would welcome conversation with you. I also, I'm located in Troy, and, uh, you know, I think we have some of the nicest family-owned restaurants in Troy. So if you ever want to sit down. Yeah, we do. So if you ever want to sit down, have breakfast together, or a cup of coffee, I know that these companies will treat you right. So uh, let me know when you're in my area. Absolutely, absolutely. Now we have a few more minutes, and I kind of want to touch on a little, go back to your story that you talked about there with the company and the dog food. Did they, do you know if they reached out for professional assistance? Yes, How they handled this from a communication standpoint, not just to the employees, but also to the community? Yeah, they definitely did. So when this was uh, discovered, they reached out to the legal community, the marketing and PR community, clearly they needed additional HR consulting because the HR department wasn't well enough versed on how to handle a food contamination situation. So they had to reach out to HR professionals on how to deal with this scenario because things were clearly missed in the lab results. They reached out to additional lab testing facilities as well. So professional assistance was necessary from a legal, from an HR perspective, from a marketing perspective, from a lab testing perspective in order to build this correctly. And once they had a clear communication pattern, then they entrained their employees by giving them samples on how they would respond to questions, to concerns, to backlash, to media backlash. They were trained on that, but not only was it just one-way training, the employees themselves were able to ask questions and also formulate their own blog posts on why they continue to believe in the company and what they're going to do going forward in order to support the company's growth. And that's, that's very key is making sure, that, and, and that's something HR has to do or, or take on and work with, the, if you have a marketing department, work with them in making sure that employees know how to relay the message of the company in any crisis that they may be having or experiencing. And so HR has to join forces with them. For those that are HR professionals out there and that we've had to do this, We've had to join forces with the marketing department, or if you're small, you outsource it out. And if you outsource it to a marketing company, and if you outsource your HR, those two individuals need to connect and talk. 
because it's going to be imperative that the message is, is the same throughout the entire organization. Yeah, and, and that's true whether it is locally or even overseas. Everyone has to have an opportunity to get trained on your mission, your vision, and how to handle a crisis that is culturally sensitive to them. And if, they, if they're not understanding your message, say you do have a location overseas or you're courting a relationship with customers overseas, allow your employees to interject their opinion on that. Take what they have to share seriously because, by all means, they're in the trenches every day with your customers, not just here in the U.S., but anywhere in the globe. They're in the trenches. Allow them to share with you their concerns. If you give them sample content, allow your employees to edit that content and then tell you why they're editing it. Allow them to have buy-in and to explain to you why they're suggested Snapchat, why their suggested tweet, why the hashtag that they consider much more valuable should be used versus something coming from your HR department. Give them that chance to vocalize it. Right. And then put in a process for them to get the approval of you before they post that. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. Give yeah. them the approval process. Right. Give them the approval process so that they knew it, so they're not violating any policies that you have established for the company overall. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so these are really three, I know they might sound easy steps, but all three of these steps need a foundation of what an employee brand ambassador is, and that's something you need to be clear about. Then the first step, making sure your vision and mission statement is clear to your brand ambassadors. The second step we talked about and knowing the best way to encourage employees to share your products and services in their sphere of influence and on social media. Third, just being clear on how to create an employee contest using branded content. And what I mean by content is an image, an infographic, a picture, or a video, as well as written. Being clear on what that content is for your employees so that they can get the word out both in good situations and in a crisis, too. Right. And allow them to, to submit that content to whoever it is that's responsible for approving it before they post that. Right. So that that way it meets the company's culture, the, co the company's image, the company's mission and vision, just as we stated. Just make sure that they know what that process is. Yeah. And again, I just want to ask a question to everyone's to everyone who's listening now and everyone who's going to be listening to this podcast again. Wouldn't you want an entire team of employees who are trained enough about your brand to speak about your company in a way that brings in referrals? Absolutely. Wouldn't you want that? Absolutely. As a leader, as an executive, as a manager, wouldn't you want an entire team communicating your company in a way that brings you referrals and you show them what to do with those qualified referrals? Wouldn't you want that? Absolutely, because that's, that's an employee that you feel is a valuable member of your team. Yeah. They're a valuable member of your team and because you see the value that they bring to the company. They're not those that we look at are takers that we call them. They're just taking. They're in for themselves. They're in an island all by themselves. They're only concerned about themselves. 
They're not concerned about the overall well-being of the company and realize that they're a winner when they're a brand ambassador. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly, and and that and that really sums it up. When we offer sales enablement services for companies, we're explaining to you that everybody's a winner. When everyone's enabled in the sales and supply chain, everyone is a winner. Absolutely. Well said. Absolutely, because if you want your employee to be a cheerleader and speak about your company with a passion, yeah, have passion about it as you talk about it. As you, as they wear your logos or display your logos or your products or your services, you want them to take pride in that. Absolutely. You want them to have passion with that as they speak about it. And so that, that makes for a very valuable employee. Your conversation when it comes to performance reviews is totally different mm-hmm. than an employee that's disengaged. Yeah. And that they're off on their own island. They want to do their own thing. They just want to self-promote. Well, that employee cannot be promoted upward because they've already set the goal for themselves that I'm only for myself. Right. Exactly. Yep, you're, you're absolutely right, Felicia. You know, and so we really want to stress the importance of brand investment. I'm going to ask you to go over those steps one more time. Yeah. We have a few more minutes so that they can get it. And then, again, tell them how they can contact you. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, you need to be clear on what an employee brand ambassador looks like in your company. That needs to be defined first. That is your foundation to the three steps. Once you have that foundation addressed, then step number one, you need to explain how does your company vision and mission play a role in generating brand awareness. That's the first step. The second step then is, is really what is the best way to encourage your employees to share your products and services on social media and then also within their sphere of influence? And we address that by, first of all, you need to give them permission. And then third step is how do you create an employee contest using great branded content? Well, your team has to sit down and with your marketing department or with themselves and create sample social media posts, sample videos, sample Snapchats, sample images that can be shared on Instagram that the employee brand ambassadors can comment on and give you feedback on. Because if your employee brand ambassadors are in, don't agree with your samples, then that is good feedback for you to understand why they don't agree with it, make changes so that they're more likely to share it again in the future. And if there is a crisis, all three of these steps play out successfully because now you have a well-oiled machine of brand ambassadors. These are people who believe in your company. They believe in the value that your company brings to that particular zip code, that city, that region, that country. They believe in you. And so they're and they're able to clearly articulate why they believe in you. So much so that your future college interns are wanting to work for you. 
because they understand that the value that your company brings and the employees bring to the table. Now, if you want to talk to me further about this, by all means, you can visit my website, shopculturalconsulting.com. I always welcome a connection on LinkedIn, which is my name is just simply Kim Schott. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as well by just simply selecting the Kim Schott. And I'd be happy to have a future discussion with you at a quality family-owned restaurant in Troy, Michigan. Awesome, awesome. Or they can reach you by phone. If they need to reach you by phone, how would they do that? They can reach me by phone by dialing area code 248-390-4987. Again, area code 248-390-4987. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kim, for joining us today to discuss the three simple steps to turn your employees into brand ambassadors. Next month is already March. We will be discussing a lot of different things revolving around risk. And so I believe we're going to start with workman's comp there, and then we're going to, I'm trying to put together something that talks about the risk that we face as HR professionals and how do we handle that risk and bring it in. And so in light of the recent shooting there that took place not too long ago of HR professionals. And so we will be back again, as I stated, next week. Look for this podcast. You're able to share it with others. And also connect with me, Felicia Harris, on LinkedIn and as well as on Twitter. But also connect with us as a company and follow us because we give out great information. We have tips of the day that we put out every day on Everything HR 1 on LinkedIn as well as Everything HR 1 on Twitter. Again, thank you very much, and I look forward to seeing all of you join us again on next week at 8 a.m.